gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode on the On the Volley podcast. Today, I'm joined by pretty much my co-host, Alex. Um, today, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, Argentina's win over Estonia in a friendly match, 5-0. They're also 3-0 victory over Italy. Uh, what is wrong with this France squad? Why did they keep drawing, losing? Uh, how much can we read into this Nations League? Is this the downfall of Croatia? Oriel and Chuameni's transfer to Real Madrid seems confirmed, and a lot of other stuff. So, thank you uh, Let's start off with Argentina. So, um, I just wanted to ask, like, what are your thoughts on this current Argentina team? Do you think they can go all the way? I'm um, just looking at their previous results. I think out of all the teams that Messi has played for, for Argentina, this team is the most – I've, I would argue the most talented and also just the most devoted to the cause. Like when you see them play, you can see they all, they all play with a chip on their shoulder. They play for Messi almost like it's, they literally die for the badge. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like I, no. I really do think this Argentina team can make a run um, this World Cup. No, agreed, agreed. That's a great take because, like, if you look at um, I thought like Italy, for example, though, in the final didn't look that motivated. Um, which I will say, like, I think that did contribute to some of the result. But this yeah. Argentina team looked like they were playing with like a chip on their shoulder. Um, they just looked unreal in that match. Um, Messi's performance was astounding. Stop. Like, <laughs> like they were fantastic <laughs> in the Estonia match. Like they were. Uh, Messi obviously scoring five goals. I mean, it is Estonia, but still, uh, this Argentina team, are, I th- believe they're still unbeaten under Scaloni for about three years now, which is ridiculous. So um, I think you can expect big things from them. But that's pretty much all I wanted to say about Argentina. I think we both know that they're going to probably make a decent run in this World Cup. Um, in future episodes, um, I want to do like our World Cup group predictions, um, which will be class. Uh, and like see how far Argentina go. Um, but yeah, that'll be in a, a future episode soon. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about Argentina wise. But today, or I mean, yesterday, France drew with Croatia 1 1. Um, ultimately, Kramaric uh, scoring in the 83rd minute off a of penalty, Rabio scoring um, early, or early in the second half uh, on a break. What do you think about Christopher and Kunku, though? I mean, he was Bundesliga player this season. Um, but do you think Didier. Charms is going to have the guts to start him over his, you know, three-man midfield or four-man midfield. Uh, well, he runs a double pivot, but you know, or he can run a three in the back. But do you think he has the guts to drop like a Conte or a Pogba or a Griezmann and start in Kunku? I think at this stage um, for France, you if they want to win this World Cup at all, uh, either one of two things is going to have to happen. Either Deschamps is going to have to go or he's going to have to change some of the players in that team. I think Griezmann at this point in his career, honestly, I don't see him recovering the form he once had back in the 2016 days and or just earlier in his career before that move to Barcelona. Um, I think he has to be dropped from this side. And Kunku's too good of a player to be sitting on the bench. He, he would start for any other nation. I don't see... I mean, I can see Deschamps sitting Griezmann, but, I mean, honestly, that's just insanity to me. Yeah, no. But, because Griezmann's been there for so long, 
I doubt like they shot like Deschamps has coached him like at World Cup 2014, yeah. Euro 2016. I mean, he's been there for so long, and like Griezmann's been like his talisman. So I don't know if he would drop like. And Kunku is like in the best form of his life. He even scored yesterday. It just got called off, but mm-hmm. um, and, and Griezmann did not really play well at all. I mean, he had a chance uh, late in the match, but you know, ultimately didn't score. So I mean, yeah, Griezmann's form has dropped tremendously. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think. Deschamps really has the guts to drop. I, I mean, like, yeah, I, I do completely agree, though. If, in, if they want to win this World Cup, and Kunku's going to have to play a major role because I think a lot of their players are borderline finished, in my opinion. Like, uh, just look at, like, it, it, I think in this past, like, uh, 2018 France team, if you look at, like, the midfield with, like, Pogba and Conte and Griezmann, if you count them in that category, I mean, they're all still, like, playing very, very well for their clubs. Now all of those players are pretty much borderline finished, um, and now everyone looks to France's attack for their options, you know, Mbappe and yeah. Benzema. Um, I mean, no one really looks at the midfield as much anymore. So Nkunku is going to have to play a major role in creation and, and scoring if they want to do something. But um, I also wanted to ask, what's your like ideal France 11 uh, for the World Cup? Like if they were to make one. So, so there's uh, my ideal France 11. So in goal... The shops will start him, but I would say Mike Magnan, Syria keeper of the year. Um, I don't. I really don't think there should be any debate there. I think he's just a much better keeper than Hugo Lloris, but I don't think the shops will drop Lloris. Um, and I would go with a back four playing a four-two-three-one because I think it suits their personnel the best. Um, yeah, agreed. At the back. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of this player, I think you have to start Veron. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I think I think he has to be in there just for his experience and like. In all honesty, I'm not the biggest fan of France's center backs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. But, <laughs> um, and next to him, I would probably pair. Um, probably Ibrahim Konate. Yeah, just that's because, a good shout. But I doubt Deschamps is going to, like, put him yeah, in the lineup. Yeah. yeah, Either him or even Jules Koundé. What a talent. A decent uh, – that would be a decent center-back partnership. But um, Jules Koundé actually fits in at the right-back spot for me just because I don't think Benjamin Pavard is good enough to start for this team. I, I really don't. Even though Koundé is not a natural right-back, he can play there. He's done so for Sevilla. I don't yeah. think that – I just don't think Pavard is at that level, um, and he hasn't been since the last World Cup. In my no, opinion. agreed, agreed. Um, at left back, um, I think this is probably one of the toughest spots. Um, but personally, for me, I would put Taylor Hernandez. I think he's player. been probably top three left backs in the world, and obviously. Um, Ferlan Mendy, who didn't even get called up to the squad, by the way, <laughs> insanity. <laughs> I, I don't know how Luca Digne gets in over him. Like that no, insanity. it has to be. It has to be something with the Champions League, like fitness issues or something. Like, there's yeah, no way. Yeah. No, there's it, no way. Like, no, and no, and no realm of this world is Lucas Digne a better player than Ferlan Mendy. I don't know. That was, uh, that's just insanity. Yeah, no, but, yeah, that's a great take. Um, for me, I'd go Teo Hernandez, and then, um, playing the double double pivot. Um, I think 
I would go with uh, Chuameni. And next to him, um, I think you can make a case for a lot of players, but um, I'd honestly just go stick with N'Golo Kante for now. I don't think he's at the top of his the top of his game right now. Yeah. Um, who knows if he'll even be healthy by then? But not to get yeah, he's I been think, hurt a lot these last few seasons. Yeah. Uh, I just think that workhorse and like that mentality in the midfield is just. Uh, I think it's so important for their team. It was key to their success in 2018 but that's who I'd go with in the middle and then um on the right side I would go with Usman Dembele oh, even though, even he's, though he he's another a, player he didn't get another player who didn't get called up for some reason um no I, would, if, I just if he, think if he doesn't make the world cup squad in my opinion I think it's the biggest disgrace I, I think yeah, it's like yeah. it, it makes like this man has been in the best form of his life for Barcelona yeah, exactly. no, and, and I, I Diaby, Diaby is getting called over him. Stop. <laughs> Diaby is probably one of the most overrated talents in world football. That's just my. Opinion. No, I think but. I think he's someone you can bring on like late in the match, like if it's like extra time. I think you can yeah, just have yeah. just because of his pace. But I mean, his final product is nowhere near the Belles right now. So yeah, and no, in in reality. Diaby should like barely make the bench of that French squad. Yeah, no, no, that's actually true though. Yeah, they have so much talent. Yeah, like uh, I just don't understand. Dembele's obviously not had the best career. Obviously, has had his ups and downs with confidence and likewise, but he has to be in this French squad. He's too good of a player to not be. I I think also the weird one for me was um I mean obviously he's been in great form for. Marseille, he's like he's seen as like a generational talent, but like he's going to Aston Villa now. Abubakar Kamara, I, there's no way I don't think he touches the pitch either at the World Cup. I don't see why you yeah, need to bring no. a player like him. No, yeah, yeah, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And you're leaving players like Ferland Mendy and Usman yeah, Dembele yeah. home. That's ridiculous. But yeah. right. um, that's how I'd go with on the right. Um, in the number 10 spot, I would probably go with Christopher Nkunku. Obviously, we talked about the series. Bundesliga player of the year. Yep. Um, I When you watch him play, um, it's he's he's just unreal. He's yeah. a good player. Uh, good he's player. a talent, yeah. Um, on the left side, of course, you'd have to go with Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. I mean, really no, no need for an explanation there. And last but not least, up top um, – I think we all know who we have to go for. <laughs> no, I was Curry. gonna say. I was gonna say, but no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about all that, but no. Kareem Benzema. Not, yeah, here. has to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, has to no. win it. Yeah, there's no, no there's no other. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, but this like spins off another question for me. If Pogba somehow, like obviously Pogba, there's been seasons like. He came into the Euros, didn't have the best season at club, but still was the, their best player at the Euros. Like, do you think if he's, like, somewhat healthy and somewhat in decent – obviously, he's leaving United now. But if he's in, you know, some decent form coming into the World Cup, like, do you start him over Chuameni, who's, like or, – or someone like that? Or do you, like, re- drop one of the uh, – I don't, I don't even know who you would drop because you can't – well, I mean, if Dembele's not in the best form, for example, you can drop yeah, him, but yeah. – I mean, like, is there a way to get Pogba back in the squad now? 
I think, um, especially because now he's leaving United, who knows what will happen with his club for him. Maybe it seems like right now he may go back to Juventus. And, I mean, if he he continues the form he had there – I don't, I, he should be in the squad, no doubt, if he plays like he did, like he used to for Juventus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's giving me, like, similar vibes situation at Belgium. I just feel like it could be, like, you know, people are hyping him up. Like, you know, he's going to be back. He's going to be back, yeah, and he just yeah. never comes back. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Now, um, I just – it's difficult because, I mean, I think this season has probably been one of his worst seasons – as at the club level, yeah. Um, but I don't know when it, whenever he puts on that French shirt, he always seems to just excel in the midfield. But um, I think it'd be very difficult um, from a logical standpoint to get him back in. But of course, the shop li- likes to play these old players, these yeah. experienced players. He likes to play the players that worked for him back in 2018. So yeah, um, I can I definitely think- see him in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he's just like a stubborn manager. Like he, he tries to bring, like he, he just keeps the same thing. It's similar to Roberto Martinez, but like he keeps the same thing. And it, it ultimately, like because he has so much talent, they, it kind of bails him out a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, I think now moving on to the next segment, I think like just going over France's weaknesses and like a lot of their finished talents now. I think, I mean, you look at like Loris. I think is like. He's about to be – he's so old now. I think, yeah. you know, he's still a good keeper, but Mike Magnan, in my opinion, is a million times better now. Yeah, of course. So you, I think you have to, like, start him from a logical perspective. But Lloris, I think, will be the one that starts the World Cup. Varane yeah. is half the player he used to be. Um, lost a lot of pace. He's injured a lot now. Um, you know, you see – like, look at this uh, midfield. Conte, Griezmann, and Pogba might be the most finished midfield um compared to 2018 like i mean yeah, like the, yeah. the drop off from these players yeah, is ridiculous yeah, yeah. Yeah. um the only ones that have really kept form in this french side um from 2018 um you could say oh, pretty much mbappe that's about it honestly because benzema yeah. wasn't in the squad so of course. yeah so i think you'd have to like mbappe is the only one that's kept form and i think you have to like if benzema and mbappe for some reason, don't get firing. I think it's it's a huge weakness. But I do think the weakness, um, obviously everyone at the Euros was like predicting them to win the title outright. And then it was because of themselves because they didn't get out of that second gear. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of pundits were saying that's why they failed. But I also think like just in terms of like the decline of their club form and also their fullbacks, I'm not really impressed with. Especially, I'm not a fan of the three in the back. Sometimes they shop runs. I think that makes yeah, no yeah, sense to me. Like yeah. he'll put Rabio on the right or yeah, I mean, on the left that's, side. That's like it unreal. makes yeah, like, like this man can barely get up and down the pitch. Yeah, and he's playing no. it as a left wing back. So I don't know. I don't think that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think like either it's Deschamps will be their downfall, their mentality, and just like their form overall. I think it's like a huge weakness, and their their fullbacks are not. They're specifically the right back position. I'm just yeah, not yeah. really confident in. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah I, I completely agree. I just think I really don't think that um, the Shams can win another World Cup. I think they definitely have the talent too. Of course, on paper, they're probably the favorites. Um, I just don't. I mean, it's been proven millions of times. Like for example, with Yergi Love in Germany. Um, I don't think that the same manager can try and win 
a second World Cup. I, I don't know if it's it, – it may have been done maybe back in the day, but uh, – uh, I, I know Brazil. Think, Brazil won it back to back, and Italy won it back to back. It was in, in the fifties. Yeah, but I mean, football yeah. changed so much. Since then. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I just don't. I don't think that. Um, I really don't think the Champs can win another international title. I honestly think he's a dead man walking. I, yeah. I don't see France winning this World Cup, not from a logical standpoint, but purely based off history. I don't see them. I can see them making a run to even a final, but I just don't think that Deschamps has just the capacity to win this World Cup, in all honesty. I think um, they need to get a new manager. I think Zidane, of course, is obviously the obvious candidate, but um, I I don't see, like, I don't see Deschamps starting some of these players that obviously deserve to start. And... um, that's why I just think that they really won't um, – they won't have a uh, – like, of course they'll have a chance in the World Cup, but they won't be one of the front runners for it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good take. I, I don't know. I had them – oh, you'll see my predictions soon. But, like, I, I don't know. From my perspective, I think they're definitely not a team that's going to go out in the groups. Of like, I, not, I think yeah. they're going to break that curse. But I think I, their group is just too weak. But I yeah, think yeah. I think they'll they'll make a run. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see them winning this World Cup as much as I did anymore. I still think, for me, their, um, just their attack is going to carry them to be one of the top favorites. But uh-huh. – I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. I don't know. We'll have to see what Deschamps does because, like, he really is a dead man walking right now. I think his tactics might get exposed um, yeah. come tournament time. He's, they've been running the same thing for so long now, similar yeah. to Belgium. So, all right. Moving on. Uh, Croatia on the opposite end. Um, this team got destroyed 3-0 by Austria and Ralph Rangnick. <laughs> yeah. One of the worst performances I've seen from this Croatia side probably in my lifetime. Like, they were abysmal. Yeah. Um, yesterday, got outplayed by a France C squad um, and had to get a penalty in the 83rd minute. Um, France had other chances, too, to score and end the game. Um, but from your perspective, are Croatia a potential group stage dropout for a team like Canada or a team like Morocco to get second? Because in my opinion, I think they are. I think based on the current form, they are abysmal. And without without Luka Modric, that team cannot do anything yeah, in terms yeah. of possession, creation, anything like that. And he's 30. He's gonna, I don't know when his birthday is, but he could be 37 by the World Cup. So Yeah. No, um, I definitely think that I, – I don't think Morocco really – I mean, after seeing that game with the U.S., yes, it's a friendly, but yeah. I don't think they're going to really challenge for that second-place yeah. spot. They were awful, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think Canada is a really interesting team. I really do think they could end up getting out of the groups in this group. Um, I I think Croatia, I never really rated them. Even in 2018, I never rated them. Um, yeah. I think a lot of that run was um, – I don't want to say lucky. I feel like that would be harsh, but it definitely involved a lot of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the penalty, like two penalty shootouts. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Stop. Um, <laughs> I just think that this Croatia side is aging. Yes, they have some young talent, and like their, I think their midfield is unreal. Like Brozovic, Kovacic, and Kovacic is so underrated. What a player! Stop. What a player. Um, but. 
I mean, going forward and at the back, they just don't have enough talent. Um, I think they miss the likes of Mario Mandzukic. They really don't yeah. have a presence up top anymore. Um, Budimir might be. Oh my goodness, oh, his perform so. his performance. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I think it just tells a lot. Even though it is the Nations League. Um, them getting outplayed by the France lineup that was put out by Deschamps is honestly just a bit embarrassing, even <laughs> even for the Nations League. And obviously, they weren't starting the strongest lineup either. But yeah, um, but it definitely was a much. It was a stronger lineup, of than course, they put out of against course. Austria. I mean, they yeah, didn't even yeah. have Modric in Austria, and they got embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was at home against a French C squad. Yeah, with Guendouzi in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's. Ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I do, I could see this Croatia team going out in the groups. Um, the only thing is, um, I think the other two teams that would challenge them for that spot. I think Canada has a legitimate shout. Yeah. Um, but Morocco, I really don't see. I don't think. I don't rate the manager. I don't rate the players going forward anyway for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think Morocco. I think they'll get lost in the group, but um, as for Canada, I think they could really give um, Croatia a run for their money. Yeah, I completely agreed. I will say, I mean, I got a lot of hate comments on my YouTube video last year when I did my Euro prediction saying uh, Croatia will go out in the groups. They almost did. They honestly should have. They yeah. played very, they played very poorly in the group stages, um, and then had a thriller with Spain. But that was kind of like a momentum type game. I didn't really see much from Croatia out of there. And yeah, I mean, the fact that Andre Kramaric is coming off the bench for them and scoring, and you've let or Budimir up top. Who is like his finishing and his decision making is just not Croatia. I mean, they they just really don't have any presence up top. Um, they miss Perisic a lot. They need him. Um, he's a fantastic. A lot of them are so old now. I just think, I will say, um, I would have put Canada for sure second when I when I was making my. Pre- I mean, it's a bit of a spoiler, but I w- would have said Canada for sure second. But they forf- they've now forfeited two matches due to player compensation, um, that, like protests. They have not played. They were supposed to play Iran. They forfeited that match. They're supposed to play on friendly. They forfeited that. If they're not getting any preparation before the World Cup, I think they yeah. worry some. I mean, I think it's going to hinder their momentum a lot. I think that hinders what they might. At this World Cup, because I think you know, coming out of like, if the World Cup had happened now, out of that qualifying cycle, uh-huh. I think it would have most certainly made an impact. Like, I mean, they're the yeah. best by far, the best team in Concacaf. But now uh-huh. with this going on, I don't think. I mean, if like their players aren't fit, they're not getting any international experience. I think that could definitely hurt them before the World Cup. Of course, yep. Um. Okay, so. Next question. Uh, how much can you read from this nation? So, because you see a lot of these big nations going down, um, you know, Belgium getting smacked 4 1 by the Dutch, Croatia getting drilled by Austria, England losing, France losing and drawing. Um, you know, you've seen Italy putting out a C squad against Germany or even a D squad. Um, so, like, how much can you read from this Nations League in terms of the World Cup? Because in my opinion, I don't think you can read too – like, you can definitely see signs, but I don't think you can read too much into it right now because of how poor and how – like, in the mentality that people just don't really care about competition at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in regards to this Nation League, Nations League, um, I think that um, 
you have to take each game into context. Like, for example, with France, um, I think the way they played against um, Croatia was very, very lackluster, even if it is a C squad. And then um, what was the other game again? They played. They lost to Denmark 2-1. Denmark, yeah. Um, that, that game – they also looked like very slow, um, not really after it. And maybe that's just the motivation of the players. It's after a long, hard season, of course. But um, I, I just don't see them. Uh, I don't see them improving under Deschamps. I think this team could be so much more without him. Yeah. Um, but like in terms but, of the nations, like, like, do you think it's affecting like the players' motivation? Like, do you think like players oh, really uh, care about it? I think. I mean, some players like De Bruyne that came out and said, "Yeah, I know, I've seen that, that." He he doesn't he doesn't even want to play. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a lack of motivation there, and um, like in regards to the teams, I think most of them you can't really take too much from this um, as like. Um, in terms of like World Cup predictions or whatnot, um, I think it throws them off a lot. In my opinion. yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't see like really any teams that will like perform this way in the World Cup. Like for example, Spain is my favorite to go through, but um, they just drew two two with uh, who was Czech it, Republic. Uh, Czech Republic, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good take, but. I just think, um, I mean, even some of the players in the squad for Spain probably won't even get called up to yeah. the um, to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I really don't think you can take too much from this Nations League campaign. Yeah, and I also think like the format is so different because in 2018 you didn't have the Nations League, so like going yeah. to the World Cup you had friendlies, but the teams would play their best lineups. I remember. When Belgium played Egypt or Belgium played Costa Rica before the World Cup, and they were uh-huh. playing their strongest lineup, and so were Costa Rica and Egypt. I mean, Egypt didn't have Mohamed Salah because of injury, but they're still fielded their best 11 out for the first 45 or 60 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, so I think you could read a lot more into it. It was a lot easier to make predictions. Now it's like we have a year and pretty like 150 something days to the World Cup starts or something like that. Uh-huh. And you know, you're not going to get, and you're going to have like club football start before that. And like yeah. maybe some, you know, pre tournament tournaments I've heard like friendly tournaments, but there's like, it's very hard to read now how good a national team is. And so you get to the tournament. That's why the Euro, the Euros were so exciting to me because there's so many upsets because no one knew how good each national team was. Cause fans were out, no international friendlies really before i mean you had the nations league but the fans were out that was a huge component now you fans back but now the world cup doesn't start to the winter so it's like a it's just a lot different i think that throws off world cup predictions a lot and yeah, i mean let's say like mbappe gets like a career-ending injury like yeah <laughs> who, knows, who knows what happens like yeah there's something like that so yeah i think it just throws a lot of things off but Agreed. um okay Let's go over to South America. Uh, Brazil, yesterday, I didn't watch this match, but they won 1-0. I saw the highlights over Japan off a Neymar penalty. Now, this Brazilian team, um, for me, I think it's one of the most overrated. I think it's the most overrated national team. I'm just going to be completely honest right now. I think everyone is hyping this team up to be much more than it is because of Vinicius' form. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as you've said in the past, Vinicius doesn't play that well with, uh, without Benzema, which I completely uh-huh. agree. Um, I think this team is just doesn't play good enough football for the talent that they have. And I also think they have a lot of weaknesses in certain positions, particularly the right back um, or just the fullbacks in general, because, you know, you don't know who's going to get called on the left side, but like the right back, definitely. Um, So, yeah, what are your thoughts on this Brazilian team going into this World Cup? Because I just don't see them being as good as people think they are. Um, Yeah, no, I, I just don't I don't see them winning the tournament at all, in all honesty. I, I really don't think that this Brazil squad has the talent that people say they do. Yes, they have the likes of um, Neymar, and people would say Vinicius, but as you said, um, I really don't think he plays well without Benzema. Um, and their midfield is honestly average at best. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Casemiro and Fabinho um, as, as a double pivot will work as well as people yeah, think. Yeah. I think Cas- Casemiro, he's a good player. I don't think he's a great all-time central defensive midfielder Agreed. like people say he is. Agreed, yeah. Uh, um, I, I, yeah, I just don't think that this Brazil side is good enough. I can – I mean – I don't want to say they go out in the groups, but I mean the group. They do have a tough group. I can definitely yeah. see. I did. I did say that like, last. Podcast. I wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't no. be shocked and upset. But, um, yeah, I think this team is like a quarterfinal, um, maximum semifinal team at best. Uh, I just don't. I don't think Neymar is the same player. Of course, I. I think he does play a lot better when he puts on that yellow shirt, but. Um, I think going forward, their talent, um, they do have a lot of talent, of course, but I don't think it's enough to get them over the line. They don't have a recognized number nine that will yeah. like bang, like give you goals guaranteed. Yep. Um, that was their problem at the last World Cup too. I mean, yeah. for me, no, but I mean, that was yeah. He's not a he's not a guy who's going to give you consistent. He's not goals. even the same player as he was back then. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's like half yeah. the player. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I really don't have high expectations like everyone does for this Brazil side. I see people predicting them to win the tournament. Um, I think they may be recognized favorites as of now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I maybe in Vegas they are. It was either them or England, actually. I saw a yeah. lot of people in England, number one. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, I don't think this Brazil side, I don't rate Chiche that much i don't think he's really done anything considering the talent he has in in terms of like in regards to like the rest of the south american teams um i just don't think that this brazil side is good enough to win the tournament simply yeah no i i completely agree i think what you said about the group stage i mentioned last time i just against like a disciplined team who's Switzerland, some are like Serbia who are a million times better than when they faced Brazil in 2018. I mean, the Switzerland team topped the group with Italy. I mean, Italy obviously didn't qualify, but you yeah. know, I, th- I think Italy would have qualified if you put them in on any other, any of the other playoff paths. Right. I yeah. mean, they had to play port. Uh, I mean, they lost North Macedonia, but that's like a one-off game, I think, yeah. but like this Switzerland t- side topped the group. Um, and then also beat France in the Euros. They're looking like one of the better sides in Europe now. Mm-hmm. And then Serbia topped the group with Portugal, beat Portugal away to go to and have yeah. one of the best young strikers, Dusan Vlahovic. 
Um, who I player. think is yeah, fantastic player. I think they could really trouble Brazil. Uh, if Brazil comes in with this mentality that they're going to, you know, wipe the floor at the group, because I don't think that's the case at all. I genuinely could see them going out in the group stages just because they play, I believe it's, they play Switzerland and then Serbia. So their schedule also is going to be very tough because if they lose both those games, they're out. So yes. yeah, I, I See this Brazilian. Even if they do get out of the group, I really see like a top European or Argentina uh, or a top European side beating this. Uh, in all honesty, so um, okay. Moving on from Brazil, uh, now our final segment of the podcast. Um, warning to our viewers: uh, this might be one of the worst takes I've ever seen. So, <laughs> Alexis the other day said um, said that Gio Reyna would not be in in his. And now I, I rate Alexi Lawless. I think he's a great, like great pundit. He's really enjoyable to watch. Let's do his podcast all the time and would love to have him on here one day. Like if our podcast grows <laughs> enough, but I mean, the fact that this man in his starting 11, if the U S was all healthy, did not put Gio Reyna, uh, who I think is was his best player over Pulisic. Um, and I think will yeah. eventually over the course of his career might be a better player. Um, I don't see how that makes any sense to me. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, it's just outrageous. Um, <laughs> I, I, re- I don't, I don't see a U.S. side being improved without Giorena. Um Obviously, they do have um, some talent going. For, I mean, talent is a little bit extreme in my opinion, but um, I, I don't see U.S. side better without Gio Reyna. I mean, I I do think, honestly, right now, um, at least for the U.S., I do think Gio Reyna, honestly, is a better player than Christian Pulisic. That's just my opinion, though. Um, I think he showed it in that game against Mexico when he oh, came yeah. on. Yeah, he's he, fantastic, yeah. He was running circles around the Mexican midfield. I mean, Hector, I, 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 <laughs> Hector Herrera put on the ball. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I just think that Gio Reyna has to be in this U.S. side if he's healthy. I mean, if he's not, then I don't know. Um I don't see – you can definitely make room for him, maybe on the left or on the right, or even at the number 10 position if Pulisic isn't playing there. Um, I think that uh, he has to be in this this starting 11. Okay, opinion. so who who do you drop then if you put Giorena in? Um, I'll give you like the – Alexi Lawless' starting lineup was Anthony Robinson, Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman, and Shojinho Dest on the right – um, he had Matt Turner in goal, and then I believe he was running a four-three-three. So he had Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKenney. Then Brendan mm. Aronson, way on Pulisic. Who do you drop out of the midfield or attack um, and sit um, on the bench? I think that uh, it would definitely be between Tim Way and Brendan Aronson. Yeah, um, and I think for the U.S., I do rate Brendan Aronson, but. At least for the U.S., I think Tim Weah does have a bit of an edge to him. I I like the way he plays for the U.S. So, I would honestly keep Tim Weah in the middle um, and slot Gio Reyna into that right side with Christian Pulisic on the left. That's how I would line up my um, my front three. Yeah, no, I, I got that. I think for me, I would – I don't know. I haven't rated Weah as much as people do for this U.S. team, actually. I think – 
I think he's a good player. He just has confidence issues sometimes. I think Brendan Aronson recently for me, though, has actually been really, really good for the U.S. I think he's like – I mean, he provided an assist in the Morocco match, which is a brilliant assist to Pulisic. Or no, no, Pulisic, sorry, provided it to him. He scored in the Morocco match, sorry. But uh, he's still been in really good form, um, and he's, he's grown a, a, a lot. Um, I think um, – for me, I would keep Brendan Aronson in. I would probably drop, actually, uh, Yunus Musa. I think Yunus Musa is, like, a player who, um, you know, he can he can be, like, he can be a talent when he comes on the pitch sometimes. Like, he can be – he can play well. He can also have games, though, where he's just completely out of the game, shot on confidence. So, I think Gio Reyna, I think I'd replace him. I'd put Gio Reyna in there at the center of the park with McKenney, so you have more creativity in the midfield and then put mm-hmm. Tyler Adams as a CDM. Um, up top, that's fair. Up top, though, so it would be Pulisic, Aronson. I'd probably put. I don't know. I, I the U.S.'s number nine situation right now is like yeah, so difficult. I, I'd probably say yeah. I'd probably say Tim Weah. I mean, I mean, who who else? Like Haji Wright, P. Falk, yeah, Ricardo no. Pepe, no, like Jesus no, no, no. Ferreira. Yeah, I don't really see any of those guys uh, being like. None of them have really proven that they can do it at the international level. So I, Tim yeah. Way is a good shout. I, I'd probably put him at the number nine to start off against that uh, the Welsh team, but I don't really mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is my last question of the podcast. I always do some like conceptual thing at the end. All right. So looking at the World Cup of 2022, um, who do you think is favored to win young player of the tournament um, right now? Um, I think you can probably predict my answer to this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who else? Who else? But but wait, wait, no, no. Uh, but I, I was gonna say, I don't know if he's young enough still. Uh, he must be. He has to be young enough still. No, to win. yeah, he's still, he's still nineteen. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So no, he can definitely. Yeah. 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 No. Uh. No. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. Say Pedri. Maybe that's the bias coming out in me. <laughs> Like the Barcelona fan coming out in me, but um, as I've said, Spain are my favorites for this tournament. I predict them to win it. Um, I think Pedri, um, when you watch him play, he looks like he's been playing the game for like 15 years. Yeah, he, he's, he's he just unreal on the he ball. He's that good. <laughs> he's, he's that good. I, I really don't like out of all the players, um, um, all these young players um, making an impact for their national side. I don't think anyone has done more than Pedri. Um, and it was shown at the Euro 2020. Yeah, he was like, absurd. He was probably Spain's best player. He was, he was, and, in my opinion, yeah. Um, I think he has to be the front runner for this. Um, and I don't want to just say the basic answer, so I'll give you a second one. Um Again, maybe the Barcelona fan, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm I'm gonna say Ansu Fati. Oh, I really think talent. I think he's gonna recover his form after his injuries. Um, I think he will be in this Spain eleven come tournament time. Um, I think he could be a real talisman for them throughout the tournament. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna say Ansu Fati. No, that is a good take. I'm trying to think of any other players that I see like in the teams that are going to make the deepest run that are going uh-huh. to be like, I mean, besides, I, I think Gavi is also another one that you can just put in yeah, there. Of course. But like, yeah, no. <laughs> there's like three Spanish talents, but that's, yeah, yeah. I can't, 
Argentina doesn't have anyone really young enough that I think is going to pull that off. France, yeah. Uh, France, you can maybe say Chouameni. I mean, I just don't think he's going to win no, it, though. Yeah, I don't um, think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Kamavinga somehow comes back from the depths, then, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just – I think out of the teams that are going to make the deep runs, I don't really see um, – oh, you could say I, – I, I think it's actually a decent shout. You could say Jamal Musiala from Germany. Um, what a player. If, if, he, if he somehow uh, – if Germany make a run, which I think they're actually – a much better side than they were under Hansi Flick um, uh-huh. now versus Joachim Lowe in you know, 2020, obviously. Um, I think Jamal Musiala, like if he, you know, if he comes in good form, could be a player to watch. Um, they have a lot of good talents there. So, I mean, and Germany could make a deep run as well. So I, I don't really see though, that's Spanish like trio, Anzu Fati, Gavi and, and Pedri, I think are my favorites yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think it'd be weird though for feet or, I mean, Obviously, FIFA runs the World Cup, and UEFA runs the Euros. But it'd be it'd be weird. I don't think I've ever seen a player get back to back young players. That's yeah, all I was thinking yeah. about this. Like, yeah. I think he would deserve it, but I don't know. I don't know if they would give it. Yeah, to him. Yeah, I don't know if they'd give it to him. Yeah, yeah. Course. But like, there always is though this one random young player that will pop off at a World yeah. Cup. <laughs> like we we had like um, Alexander Golovin be like one of the top young players in 2018, uh-huh. um, yeah. or like. Yeah, Hamas, no one really expected to pop off in 2014. He was mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. But uh, of course, thank you, Fabs, for joining me on this podcast. Um, we'll be back soon with a- another episode. Um, and it will probably be our World Cup prediction. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can listen to this on any uh, platform where podcasts are available. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, like anything. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. See you guys in the next one. Peace. See you.